0: Being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street, It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters.
0: I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Okay, so Lupe has lost her voice, so I'm going to have to do this introduction to this beautiful episode all by myself. Here we go. This episode is really close to our hearts for many reasons. Lupe's mom had dementia toward the end of her life, and my dad had it for the last decade of his. There's a lighter side to dementia that is rarely talked about. There's a grace if you allow yourself to put your personal pain to the side. Our guest today is Kathy Bory, and she wrote this beautiful lyrical memoir, The Long Hello. Memory, My Mother, and Me. Kathy Borey finds magic and poetry in her mother's language during her phase with Alzheimer's. She's passing on these important lessons to teach us all about the human experience and caregiving and really the gift that dementia made possible. Kathy was a nurse, a lawyer, and then a writer, and we're so very happy to have her with us. So I just wanted to say that I think you've had such an interesting journey. I mean, did you always write, even though you were doing all these other endeavors?
2: No. um, I did a little bit of writing in various contracts over my career, but nothing Mm -hmm. to do with creativity. It was really only when my mom began living with uh, dementia, and I had different space and time, Mm. that I believe what happened was I began to follow her very poetic voice which uh, came out in her uh, experience with Alzheimer's and I think that that acted as a muse for me to be creative I always wanted to write but I had never found a way or a place into creativity and with her experience and my experience I think that that was released in me and this very creative somewhat poetic voice came very quickly and very naturally so thank you mom Exactly, right? You're just going to say, what a gift. Right. Unexpected. All right. Well, I'll, I'll start now. Is that okay with you both? Perfect. I will just start. I am reading a whole bunch of little different excerpts. Uh, and, okay. Every day I sit with my mother and watch the sea. There's a row of birds perched on a log. Cormorant, cormorant, seagull, heron, crow. Kathy, sometimes I drift off for ten minutes and I don't know where I've gone. Does that bother you, Mum? No, it doesn't. Are you my daughter? My mother and I lie side by side on her bed and look out at the day. Cradled between steel side rails, we have a view of the maple tree and the crow-peppered holly bushes. The trees outside your window are so lush, Mum. Yes, lush, dear. And the fish jumping out of the sea. You're like the sea. Tide going in, tide going out. Storms. Beautiful sky full of fish. She strokes my hair. Kath, all I ever wanted was to be a mother. I was so excited when you were born. I wanted a little girl so badly, my very own little doll that I could dress up in pretty things. I called you Catherine, but I should have called you Sporty. Are you sure I'm 86? Yes. How old did you think you were, Mum? I didn't know whether I was going that way or that way. What did you think you were doing? I thought I was going in between, somehow. June. A clear, hot day, noisy with shrieks, barking, and the cracking pop of a starting gun. My right leg is tied to my mom's left leg with strips of old fabric, our arms wrapped tightly around each other's waists. We scuttle over to the edge of the lime white starting line. Take your marks, get set, go. We've signed up for the three-leg race, signed up for all the races. During morning assembly, our headmistress lectures us on the meaning of sports day. Now, just remember, girls, today is all about doing your very best, being good sports, and having fun. But we want to win. We've been practicing for weeks in my grandparents' backyard. My mother outlines our race strategy. Now remember, the first step is the most important. We have to get into rhythm right from the start, darling, or it will be too late. As soon as a pistol fires, we trot forward. Mom whispers in my ear, one, two, one, two, one, two. We're sure-footed. In perfect time, the judge points at us. First, we each have a blue ribbon pinned on our shirts. Next, we line up for the egg and spoon race. Kath, you must stay calm. If you get too excited, you'll drop the egg. Don't look at the ground and don't pay attention to anyone else around you. Another blue ribbon for my mother and me. I enter every track and field race. Left foot, right foot, left foot, jump. Left foot, right foot, left foot, jump. Sometimes I knock a hurdle down and have cuts and scrapes all over my legs. And one of the other mothers is horrified. Oh, just look at your legs. What a tall boy you are. My mother is on the sidelines watching me in all the races. Oh, that was quite a day, love. I'm so proud of you. Well, I'm not like a boy, am I? Sylvia's mum says I'm a tomboy. Oh, no. You're perfect the way you are. Just perfect. She's just jealous because she's got such a boring daughter who never wins anything. I get to pick out a free gift at one of the stalls that is set up at the edge of the playing field, and I choose a bottle of pine saw because it smells like the woods. For the rest of my life, I choose pine saw because it smells like the woods and reminds me of the sunny day, my mother and I, won blue ribbons. My mother's in bed, propped up with pillows. I'm curled up beside her. It's a tight squeeze. She holds her baby doll against her right shoulder, nestled under her chin. From time to time, she remembers it's there and nuzzles its forehead, smiling, her eyes closed. The most beautiful gesture I have ever seen. My mother's nose is running. I press the Kleenex up against her nostrils and leave two fresh pieces of Kleenex in her hand. Fly away, fly away, there you go, there you go. She has hold of the two pieces of white Kleenex and floats them through the air, up and down, up and down. They take on the perfect shape of wings, a white dove, she watches the bird. There you go. Up, up. Fly away. Fly away.
0: So beautiful. That's how you start the book, right? If I remember correctly. It is. Yeah. Right away, we know who you both are. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah.
1: It's interesting your... um. Your take on how your mom has Alzheimer's and, and you found a, a way to interpret this person who is revealing herself to you. There's something beautiful about that.
2: Well, well, thank you for how you've categorized that by saying she's revealing herself because she was. And that's really very astute uh, of you to, to categorize it like that because it's a huge, huge global movement spearheaded by a lot of people living with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and many other people that have said that the negative stereotyping is criminal and does not tell the proper picture. So mm-hmm. she did reveal herself in different ways and one has to be open to that and I think that world is changing, thank heavens.
1: Well, I uh, my mom had some dementia when she was um, passing away and once I got over just the, the frightening and that there was nothing... I could do because of course I I come from a place of fix it fix it fix it and as soon as I resigned and I just was present there was there was so much magic in the room and that's that's really what I got from
2: it (laughs) good for you I love to hear that there is a lot of magic in the room there is there is in in many situations that are difficult and challenging there's always magic and always beauty yeah Yeah.
0: so so true And, and by the way In every situation, if you just open yourself to it and look for it. Absolutely. The style of writing, the lyrical memoir, you know, part of it. I don't think I'd ever really heard that term before I got your book. And I love that term. I mean, I've heard the term like prose poem or, you know, lyric poem or lyric essay, Mm. I guess. And it's such a beautiful way to tell the story because we sort of all get the sense of what it might be like to be inside your mom. In her head.
2: Yes, you're quite right. I'm, I'm not even sure I had been aware of that term previous to my wonderful uh, publisher in New York Arcade describing the work that way. Uh, and I guess what they really mean is it's, it's a poetic style of writing, a lyrical style of writing, rather than um, a strictly cut and dried prose. There's a lot of space, there's a lot of wide open white space in the book, pauses tight, tight sentencing that's more poetic than it is prose. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's where that term came from, was a, a lyrical memoir. Mm. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> you did not have children, or did you? Not yet. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, the whole world are, are my children. I, I love how you write
1: about your mom encouraging you um, through your sports and how she framed um, criticism for you all, all of life is a uh, struggles is, it's all how you frame them and you learn how to frame them positively if you have a mother like yours
2: yes I, I really love that chapter and even though my lyrical memoir it has a lot to do with the time when my mom was living with dementia it, it also as you know falls back on a lot of other family stories which mm-hmm. are really critical mm-hmm. to telling a narrower story you have to put everything in context mm-hmm. and Uh, I think that particularly for people my mum's age and era, which was post-World War II, they came out of an era where life had been terribly difficult and challenging and full of loss. And I I feel when I look back, many of them carried a positivity and optimism that has maybe fallen a little bit by the wayside. But they came from such a dark place that I think that they embraced light and uh, positivity in, in the best possible way that doesn't happen as much now and I was grateful for her voice then and also very happy that uh, I was able to have recorded our conversations over the course of many months because as you know that memoir is full of her voice verbatim I recorded it and then I transcribed it wow it's probably the only work that really has somebody living with dementia who hasn't written the book, which many people do that are living with dementia, have written books. Mm-hmm. But this this is one where it's transcribed verbatim conversations. So it's funny. You know, it's interesting. When I was first looking for a publisher, I had people that said they would publish that book if I would call it a novel and not a memoir. And I thought, oh, no way, because most most people had no clue that anybody living with uh, dementia would be speaking the way she spoke and such beautiful phrases and poetry and insight and magical thinking that I, if I called it a novel, it wouldn't mean I was saying none of it was true. Yes.
0: That you had made up those beautiful phrases. Yes, yeah.
2: As if I could, as if I was smart enough to do that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Nobody is. So I'm very happy that her voice is through that book all the way from childhood till, till the day she died. And it's, just, I don't know, I love to think about that.
1: Oh, it's just so
0: beautiful. Yeah, it's super moving and just such a, a wonderful tribute to her, too. I mean, just so much love all the way around. So, yes. so was it? A, how was it to, to do the audiobook with Jill Eikenberry, like someone else reading your mother's words? What was that like?
2: It was fabulous. I had known her for a number of years because she'd read my book and really loved it. And we had met on a number of occasions to talk about doing a play because it it has been uh, written in into a stage play and we I just haven't done much with that but she was very interested in the play and was interested in playing the mother so if that ever comes through that would be great so we certainly had a connection going forward and when I had my book launch in New York she and I read together uh, <laughs> excerpts from the books <laughs> that was really fun and then when it came when audible approached me about doing an audio book I told them I wanted to. I thought that was wonderful, but I wanted Jill to to join me, and of course, they were thrilled. and honored to have anyone like that, and so she did. Uh, she did, as you say, my mom's voice, and I did my voice, and then I did also all the other voices, mm-hmm. which was quite quite challenging. <laughs> but uh, it's a, it's a nice little audio book, and it's not very long, so it's. I was yes, it was thrilling. She's a, she's a beautiful person, as you know.
0: Mm. I, I actually, I don't know. I met her once or twice. My, it was, my first husband knew her, but yeah. lovely. The couple of times I, I was around her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kathy, Lou. Yeah. Lupe and I are usually in the same place doing these. And today we're all three in, in different locales, but it, was there anything else you wanted to ask Kathy or say, I didn't mean to jump in there.
1: No, no, no. It was, it was just beautiful. And I just, I love, I love the take on it. And until you told me that there's like this movement about looking at um, dementia and that, and the moment and getting ready to die and all of that in a positive light or that seen dementia. I, I didn't even know there was a movement. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to Google the heck out of it. I would. Um, yeah, because that's, I mean, anybody who, who is going through it is just like, okay, there's a gift here. Let's see if we could just, if you could buckle down and get the gift and be present in the gift. Yes. Um, gonna make this easier. And um, it, it seems in the last couple of months, Quite a few of my friends have lost their mothers and that is always my advice. It's just like, you've got a a little bit of time here and let's just get the gifts from it and not wallow in, in what doesn't serve us.
2: Well, that's very, that's very wise. And, and to add to that, but it's complimentary, the whole idea that the human spirit endures throughout everything right to the very end. So nobody's missing, nobody's gone, nobody's, Uh, an empty shell. And, and that's, those are really uh, important visions to have of people when they're going through that, that you can always make a connection through touch or music or song or anything. Uh, Nobody's gone.
1: Yes, that's beautiful. And I think this is going to serve a lot of people. Thank you.
2: I hope so. Thank you very much for your kind words. Thank you. Okay,
0: that's the show. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary. Because you know what? It really does help other people find our show.
1: And also share us with a friend. Because word of mouth is the best compliment. Join us next week.